Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it is 1236 uh, Demonson. We're going to go to a Heartland Ford text line. We've got Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector. Um, for horse racing in Alberta, the 7,000 men and women employed in the uh, horse racing industry. I just want to get to a lot of people have got some. <laughs> what a surprise! Taylor Hall is a uh, he's a a very polarizing figure. I think that's fair to say. Uh, this text comes in saying, uh, Bob, in most lines of work, it takes years uh, to work and life lessons to get to the top of the company. In hockey, players like Taylor Hall are thrust into the uh, top by the time they're 19. It's pathetic that people judge the character of a person who's just figuring all this out at 19. I guarantee that Taylor Hall is a completely different person today than he was back in 2010. Sick of grown adults judging uh, kids. Uh, that is one of the texts that's uh, come in. Uh, Taylor Hall, this text comes in from Chris. He says, uh, and it's a Southern Alberta number, Taylor Hall never complained about the lack of NHL veteran help to help uh, him and uh, the other young players in Edmonton at the time. To call him a whiner is ridiculous. That comes to us from Chris. Um, All right, so here's, and I'm going to bring Mark Spector in. So uh, Taylor Hall was not a shrinking violet. Do you know what I mean, Speck? He spoke his mind, and sometimes in the hockey fraternity, uh, young guys who speak up, there is a pushback and a dislike for that. And so, um, I mean, at the end of the day here, and, and, what I, and so that's, I, I want you to address that first, and then we'll get to a price point when he goes to free agency. Well, I don't think, first of all, in the media, Taylor Hall, I, I credit him for you know, this was an organization that, that they drafted him in 2010. They made him right away. He's playing right away. He's pretty much their best player. He's the face of the team at 18, 19, 20. The team was built poorly around him. Uh, he did interviews every single day with us. I mean, we never had to work to get Taylor Hall out. And I'll give him credit. I never once heard him say, Bob, come on. What's going on here? Let's get this program rolling. 
Let's make some better decisions. Let's trade for better players. I never heard him criticize the organization, the lineup, his support on that team. Uh, I don't know if I would have been able to go as long here as he did without finally snapping, and I never saw Taylor Hall snap once. There's been a lot of character assessment out there done on Taylor. Um, you know, I defer to a guy like Jason Strudwick, who knows him well and was his teammate. And Jason always said he was a terrific guy. And you know what? Jason played as long as he did because he was a terrific guy. So Jason knows what it takes to be a good guy. And, you know, I just, I, I it kind of, Mark, and I know probably back when you had your show on the other station, you would get texts on all. I at least 30% of the texts that we used to get into Oilers now were bitching about Taylor when he was here. And it just, you know, it, it frankly wasn't his fault that the Oilers were in the position that they're in. And it was a hard trade. It was, And it's turned out to be, I mean, they, you know, the guy won the MVP last year. I was stunned last night to see that he got uh, sat. I guess that happens once in a while. Because to me, he's about the least of New Jersey's problems right now. I mean, they got the guy who's supposed to be their number one goalie can't stop the puck. They don't have enough depth, and they didn't spend any money to improve their team. They got up to a 4-0 start. They've won five games since then. So uh, he is a free agent. I mean, let's be pragmatic here. The likelihood of him returning to Edmonton is slim and none. But what does he get in free agency based upon the fact that, you know, we're going to be, by the time Taylor Hall's a free agent in uh, 2020, the cap is probably going to be at around $88 million. I'd have to think, Mark, he gets $10.5 million to $11 million per year. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, he's up there, right? He's into double figures. He's a $10 million player. When you win the heart, uh, that means, you know, at least for last season, he was deemed the best player in the league. He's, he drives the play. He's today's player, right? He's got tons of speed. Um, he's charismatic. He confronts your team with the media. He's an excellent speaker. He's a hell of a kid. Like, there's no holes in Taylor Hall's game. You know, big picture. Uh, obviously, the coach has found a couple holes, small picture, if he's limiting his ice time the last couple of days. But, uh, listen, he's a superstar in this league, and UFA superstars, Bob, like Taylor Hall, they certainly started in the nine ten million range, and, and if it's a bidding war, well, stand back, because he's going to get rich. All right, so so here's the thing. Um, you know, people people say, how can you make that trade? And on and part of the reason why we're getting these sort of texts, Mark, is on a night like last night, because McDavid sick out of the lineup. To set the record, he's been sick. The owners are going to have to do a little bit of investigative work. I have my own theories as to why the team has a lull every year in November. Okay, And for me, part of it is is dealing with coming in and out of the cold. And they're on the road a lot in November. And for anybody that's traveled a lot, I think you'd understand that you can get run down traveling. And... Basically, Edmund, when you get back to Edmonton, even though we had a very temperate, a very mild November, certainly the back half of it, there's a dryness that's like, I, I'm serious about this. They're, 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 every November, the team struggles. And McDavid's now been sick two years in a row in November. Last year, Mark, I reached out to you when we were in Dallas and said, look, this guy couldn't practice yesterday. He's puking on the back of the plane. Uh, You know, he played. Last night, he didn't play. But last night, Mark also reinforced the Oilers' lack of depth. Now, they also had two or three other guys that weren't available to them either, which didn't help. But 
that's where the criticism of Shirelli comes. You know, people go, well, he shouldn't have traded Hall. And then, then, then the Hall haters come out and start bashing him again. Do you believe that it wasn't just Peter Shirelli that wanted the Oilers to nut up and build a team that could win in the Pacific Division? No, or do you believe it was solely? Do you believe it was solely Shirelli's vision? No, no. Listen, every I mean, define everybody. If you're talking about every person listening to this or this radio show right now, uh, people are sick of losing in Edmonton. Everyone wanted him and wants him to put a winning team together. Every single person in Edmonton and in the organization. But that you know that doesn't I mean. So where are we going with this, Bob? Is what it, I'm it, saying it, is. The Oilers built a bigger, heavier team to compete against the San Jose's and Anaheim, and the league moved in the other direction. And though Shirelli had a similar type of team in Boston, to me, it's not just on him that that's the type of team, the direction the organization went. Uh, that's what yeah. I'm saying. You know what? It's one of those things where, you know, like let's put it this way: if I if I phone around to my contacts and and talk to some people and, and get a read on a particular topic. And then I go out and write the column and say, this is what I think. If I'm wrong, it's on me. It's not on my contacts, right? Okay. It's okay. Not a, it, I take full responsibility because it's under my name. He's the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, and the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, A, traded Taylor Hall for a defenseman, and B, brought in Milan Lucic uh, basically to replace Taylor Hall. And we've seen where both of those deals went. Both of those deals have gone about as far south as they can go. So I'm not sure he probably consulted and sure he probably had some advice. Doesn't matter to me. He's the GM. His name's on the deals. And he, I would suspect... And, and for the record, Mark, you know, when I've spoken to him about this on the Reinhardt trade, I'm like, well, look, you come in, you blow your head scout five days before the draft, the guy that sort of replaces him was the general manager of, you know, uh, Griffin Reinhardt and Juniors. You know, are you, surely there were some other influences there to make the Reinhardt deal to the New York Islanders. And he's like, I'm the guy that signed off on the trade. He well, said he, that. He also would have scouted Reinhardt only two years before when he was drafted, number four overall, right? So in 2012, said, yeah, three years before, yeah. And he would have he, seen him in the Memorial. I know for a fact he saw him in the 2014 Memorial well, Cup, so... One of Peter's strengths as a general manager is he's been uh, he had been pretty good at identifying, you know, helping his head scouts and identifying good people in the draft. So he was hired partly because he knew a junior player when he saw one. So I'm not this isn't Bob Green's fault, right? That he makes the right. No, I'm saying I'm saying he took accountability for he that trade. Accountability, and he should. Yeah. All right, Mark. We had a discussion last week on the price point of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And we talked about the, the Hall deal. Taylor Hall's a bargain at $6 million. The New Jersey Devils got a league MVP for $6 million. And we had a discussion on the price point of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He wrote a piece on Saturday night. Who'd you uh, sort of draw comparables to? Well, I talked to some people uh, around the, the team and the, and the game who drew comparables to people like Milan Lucic and Patrice Bergeron. And, and, um, Milan Lucic? Uh, sorry, that's who I spoke to. Uh, Jonathan Taves. Uh, it, was, it was Ryan Nugent Hopkins who always wanted to pattern his game after Pavel Datsuk 
Now, I personally am not putting Ryan Nugent Hopkins in with those three guys, but he's he's heading towards being that kind of player, and he's he's become a very good player, a support centerman, and you know, frankly, I think he he looks, you know, I think he's he's an excellent second line centerman, defensive player. His draws have improved. Uh, I'm not sure that he's a first-line center on a good team, but he's definitely uh, become a very trustworthy, hard-playing, responsible centerman that every good team has, Bob. Are you comfortable at the price point now for the last two years with him? Yeah, the last couple of years he's been a $6 million player for sure. Yeah. Okay, he's got two years left in his deal as well. Stoffer Inspector brought to you by our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. It is 147 in Edmonton. Special thanks to all of you who text us on our Heartland Ford text line. It's nothing wrong. You can disagree with us at any time. We got no problem with that. Somebody goes. By the way, Spec. Somebody uh, suggested. How do I know the age of the texter by the spelling? Well, I have a 18. And she can't spell because when she sends a text, she voices the text and then it spells it for her. And sometimes <laughs> spelling mistakes as a result of that. So I've had this conversation with her. Uh, and, and so, anyways, it's, uh, and I can't even figure out how they do math today, Spec, because they don't do math the way you and me used to do it back in the day. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. When also terminology, lingo that gets used in text sometimes gives away eras and generations and that sort of thing as well. We're going to talk about one of Mark's favorite topics when we come back, officiating on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, Oilers fans, you can join Oilers Now on two great road trips to Nashville and Vegas. These Oilers Now road trips are so successful with New West Travel that Calgary are now doing flame strips with New West Travel. You know, they're always copying us down in Calgary. Just joking. It's a great city. Seriously, it is. And I really, I'm the biggest pro-Calgary guy you'll ever find for a new arena, by the way. Because I want the Battle of Alberta, and I want the two organizations to be really good. These Oilers Now packages include airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation. We're going to have a welcome reception with special guests and parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Limited space to get on these roadies in Nashville and Vegas for the Oilers Now road trips. Call the travel experts in the U.S. Travel, 780-432-7446. Or online at ustravel.com. All right. Mark Spector, last night, and Alex Chason started the whole melee because he hit Jason Spezza from behind. It was, a, it was a tough hit. He got called for a board. Uh, Arupe Hints went after Chason, who I think was a little surprised and backed off a bit. And Hints was the aggressor, and the nurse went in there. And Nurse and Devin Shore basically at the same time just started chucking him. And once Nurse got in control of the fight, Corey Savret, who's... Uh, Former London Knight, is the brother of Danny Savret, who was an Oilers uh, prospect at one time. Um, Corey Savret basically jumped on top of Darnell Nurse and stopped the fight. I was not enthused in the heat of the moment because I've seen that not happen the other way. 
so I was a little surprised, and of course, Mark uh, Spector is uh, probably the most supportive member for the Professional Hockey Writers Association of the officials that there is, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. And Mark, you put a tweet out saying, great job of officiating there. So give me your take on why it was a great job of officiating. Well, a referee's job, an official's job, is to protect players. And this was a special circumstance. It wasn't really a five-on-five, five, but I think there's three kind of uh, three sets of pairs. The, the two linesmen were busy, and I thought that, that that referee clearly looked at it. Listen, two things. The, the Devin Shore kid, give him full marks. He jumped right in on Nurse because that was the guy that was in front of him. Nurse is way bigger and tougher than he is. And he, he you know, kind of he got involved and he didn't shy away. So give Nurse or give Devin Shore credit and give the ref credit because he saw what was going to happen. Nurse was going to put an absolute licking on this guy if that fight kept going. The referee watched the fight. He watched it go. He let them both get after it a bit. He let Nurse land three or four decent ones at the end. And as it was starting to, to get close to this is going to get ugly, the referee, which is odd, as you know, Bob, refs don't break up many fights. That's the linesman's job. The ref stepped in and broke the fight up. I thought that's exactly what a ref is paid to do, is to monitor and protect the player. And he protected Devin Shore. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I respectfully disagree. Uh, first of all, both players should have been tied up in that situation. Well, how can you tie uh, up? It's only one Because the other referee should have been involved in tying up Devin Shore. And here's why, Mark. Devin Shore, Mark, Devin Shore did not take the advantage to swing. What happens if Devin Shore comes back at Nurse as Nurse has got stripes wrapped around like anacondas around his arms and got him tied up? Would you be would you be saying the same thing in that situation? Well, but he didn't, so I'm not, uh, I, you know. Uh, but it could have happened. Referee, who knows what the referee said to Shore as he came in. But oh, and that's true. And that, Mark, I'll give you that. that he, he could have said, it's over, that's enough. However, we've seen before where guys punch back over officials because the guy that's winning the fight gets tied up, gets his arms pinned by an official. You know, they go and tie up the bigger or the better of the two fighter. I'm, I'm just saying you don't see that very often. And i got to tell you, I can't recall the last time I saw an Oiler player get bailed out like that. Now, it's, there's way fewer fights than before. Last year, Jujar Kara got worked over pretty good by Nick Foligno in Columbus. And that led to, you know, John Tortorella read the ride act to his team. They were down 5 nothing at home after two. And uh, Foligno was running around and Dubinsky was running around until Cassian caved in his face. Yeah, and nobody, but, and nobody protected because that was a one-on-one fight that both had, you know, that, that was a organic, normal fight. No one stepped in to protect Dubinsky either. They let that fight... No, 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 no. Cassian stopped hitting him. Well, that's... Right away. He turned turned away because he realized Dubinsky was hurt in the fight. And uh, so, a little bit, like, the fight was, it was one punch and it was over. The the fight that went on and on was Kara and Foligno, and Foligno got the upper hand and nobody stopped that one. So, anyways, it's... Mark... I don't have to be 100%. You don't have to agree with me if you're listening to the show right now. I'm just saying there was a possibility that in that situation, Nurse has got his – there's one referee tying up Nurse, if she, and it is possible that the official said to Shore, this thing's over. But if Shore had hit Nurse after the official tied up Nurse, fans would have been screaming bloody murder, Mark. You know that. 
Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, if, if that would have happened, then we would have a different conversation. But as I see it, the referee made the right play. It didn't, you know, the worst-case scenario didn't happen. The player didn't get injured. Darnell Nurse stopped fighting. The other guy stopped fighting. And, and what else is that ref getting paid for in that moment but to do exactly okay. what he did? Final question. Uh, not as sexy as topic, but nonetheless, I, I need a 30-second answer from you. The Oilers have averaged two goals per game since Kevin uh, Ken Hitchcock has become head coach. Will they score more in time? Well, they, let's you know, the call is out for some people to start to produce here, right? Like, there's a bunch of 10, 12-goal players on this team that aren't getting 10, 12 goals. Milan Lucic, uh, I'm a big fan of him as a sports writer because he's very cooperative and he's a great guy. But at, at what point, right? At what point do we get some goals here? It's got to start. Or is it never going to come? Zach Cassian, I get it. He's a he's a ten goal guy. That's fine. How about one of those goals right about now? You need yep. one. You know. So you know. And and frankly, Nugent Hopkins and Drysdale will become the offensive leaders. I see McDavid is practicing today, so it looks like he'll play tomorrow. But they have to lead offensively here at some times too. They didn't do it last night. Mark, great stuff. We'll do a full hour together next week. Okay. Sounds good, Bobby. Thanks for having me. That's, you bet. That's Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Keep texting us on our Heartland Ford text line. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan. To fit the Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.